Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Hey guys, welcome to this week's edition of Welcome to Madlana. We appreciate you guys making us your weekly destination to catch up with some of our favorite uh, Atlanta and Georgia guests, both past and present. Let's not waste any time. Let's get to this week's edition of Welcome to Madlana. All right, it's always a big deal when you uh, have a big star of stage and screen like Mark DeRosa of the MLB Network, former Brave, just all-around good guy. Kind enough to join us on this uh, week's edition of Welcome to Madlana. D-Row. I do want to pick your brain about the Braves and the unimportant baseball stuff later, but I thought this would be sort of an appropriate time as everybody looks at the date when this comes out on the uh, the 13th of September to relive a time for a lot of Braves fans, a lot of baseball fans, and then the you know, bigger picture in the country of when the Braves were a part of a pretty historical event when you guys went to New York post 9-11. So here's where I want to start. I went back and looked at the schedule because you know the memory starts to get away. September 9th, you guys played on the road at Chicago, which was a Sunday. And then you guys had a day off on Monday. Do you remember where you were supposed to be on September 11th playing? I have no idea, Matt. It it was so bizarre. The whole thing, it's funny. We just recently completed the doc for for MLB Network, kind of remembering the game. I wanted to focus on... uh, Talking to the guys that played in that game, the first game back, that kind of were from the the New York, New Jersey area. And I take myself back. I just remember being in the Vinings in a one-bedroom apartment on the backside of Lovett High School. And my wife walking in, my she was my fiance at the time, walking in saying, hey, your mom's on the phone. And from there, it was like, whoa, okay, um, this ain't right. We're obviously not playing tonight. And then I remember just an eerie kind of four or five days of what appeared to be like postseason pregame workouts is what it felt like to me. And then basically everybody being numb, the 25-man roster being numb, not knowing where we were going, what we should be doing, should we be playing, how we should be feeling, what could we do to help so it was just a, a kind of this, this waiting, waiting for word from Glav and Bobby and how we were going to handle this, what, what, when we were going to get back on the field, and what was the right thing to do for the country. Well, let me back up, though. Let's go back to that morning of 9-11. Um, this is before the era of social media and 50 different ways to get information. So you're in Atlanta in your apartment. What? Um, yeah. How did the Braves contact you? Like you knew at the time. I mean, I'm going to talk to you about how it personally hit you from being in that area, but like, do they call you and say, hey, no games? Are you watching on ESPN and everything's canceled? Like, tell me about the logistics of it. Yeah, I think there was just kind of like almost like a phone train going out where I want to say we all showed up to the yard that day. I'm not 100% positive, and we all worked out. And you're such a creature of habit. All you know is to, like, 
disconnect from everything around 1.30 in the afternoon and drive to Turner Field and, you know, put your uni on and, and get ready to roll for a 7 o'clock game. So I, I think everybody was still in that kind of mind frame to just go to the field and be around each other, talk to each other, get a chance to kind of understand what was going on from a team aspect. And I want to say we worked out, maybe lifted and got some BP, BP in and kind of just waited word before going back to our apartments and basically watching the news the rest of the, rest of the day. Well, and this hit everybody in the country, certainly, because, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a historically, you know, it's a date that changes everything. But for you, I mean, this hits closer to home. You're from that area in New Jersey. I'm sure you had either been into the city a million times, been to the trade centers, you know, have family yeah. up there. Like, so what did it do to you in your morning? And how much are you connecting with people back home that morning or trying to anyway? Yeah, the, the town I grew up in is right on the other side of the Lincoln Tunnel in, uh, in New Jersey. And it, had two, it has two cobblestone hills in it. And if you went to the top of either cobblestone hill, you're basically staring right at the Twin Towers and the skyline of New York City. So when I got on the phone with my mother that morning, you could just tell in her voice that something bad was going down. She's like, flip on the news, flip on the news, and kind of obviously went about it just like every other person in the country did, not kind of comprehending. And then just kind of hear the, the chattering of, of some other people coming out of their house and, and watching it. I think the reason it hits so close to home is because that was the daily trek for a lot of people that lived in that area. Go to high school, go to college, make the trek, uh, you know, whether you're taking the path path train to New York City or that was kind of the end game to get into the city and the financial district or whatever field or profession you were in and uh, kind of make a life that way. So that was the tough thing to, to, to kind of think, not that that could have been you, but you definitely knew people or were around people that didn't, didn't deserve to be in the situation that they were in in those towers at that moment. And I think that was the toughest thing for, for me to kind of, as a kid growing up, I, well, well, my family, we didn't go into the city a lot. Very rare, actually. Broadway a couple times, Yankee games, that type of stuff. But to see the Twin Towers and the sheer size and the power and, you know, what it meant to the city, to think those could come down was uh, not something that I think anyone fathomed. Or to think people had to make the decisions that they made that day, I think that's the, that's the toughest thing for me uh, growing up in that area. Yes, we're brought to you by the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. It's kind of my go-to. I'm a little bit lucky. I live in Woodstock, so I'm right around the corner to downtown Woodstock on Main Street to see the Daily Draft, which I've told you many times, it's the ultimate sports bar experience, not your father's sports bar. You're talking wall-to-wall flat screens, self-serve taps, craft bar, chef-inspired menu. And with sizzling plays ahead, if you're planning on tailgating both this summer or this fall, maybe you're going to MBS or Athens or on the flats, or you're hosting a game night at your home, check out the Daily Draft's newest menu edition, the Tailgate Box. Yes, you can enjoy their wings, boneless wings, a couple of sides, a bag of popcorn, and of course, their homemade jumbo cookies. Now, these are pre-order only. You can go to the uh, thedailydraft.net or give them a call at the Daily Draft to get the pre-orders in. 
If you're also looking for a new place to grab lunch during the week or even order on Uber Eats, check out the Daily Draft. They have a great lunch lineup for only 11 bucks Monday through Friday from 11.30 till 3.30. Again, go to thedailydraft.net or you can check them out on Facebook or Instagram. The Daily Draft, a unique experience from the moment you walk through the door, a walk-up window to order drinks from the sidewalk, craft beer bar, pool tables, darts, wall-to-wall flat screens. You won't miss a single second of the game. Go check them out today at The Daily Draft. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Well, the other thing is you and I are roughly the same age, right? So for us... Like, that's the first, like, historical, like, oh, my God, you know, this is, forget about just being on our shore, but just, like, having that in your face for you yeah. who's who's up in that neck of the woods. Like, the unknown of that day, that day felt like it lasted three days because the way everything was coming in on the news, and then it goes from New York, and it's the Pentagon, and then it's the plane in Pennsylvania, and it was like, you know, you just didn't know. And as you said, for what you do, creature of habit, like, you didn't know when. You're getting back on the field. You didn't know what was going to be open, what wasn't, how was travel going to work. Like in that moment, there was so much unknown. What, Matt, one hundred percent. And 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 to be honest, no one cared. Right? Everything became very inconsequential at that point. Um, being from the area, there was an anger I felt. Um, you know, it's fine. I don't want to equate 9-11 to, like, anything else because it doesn't deserve to be. But it's, again, it's it's where you're at, where you grew up. It was close to home. It's like I look at the California wildfires on TV, and I can't comprehend that because I didn't. I don't grow up in California. You feel terrible for the people, but you're not in it. You don't – I woke up every day and walking to grammar school stared at the Twin Towers stared at the skyline in New York City. We played my Little League field, the skyline in New York City. Um, you know, a lot of my Pop Warner football games are overlooking the skyline in New York City. So it became kind of the backdrop of what I, who I was. So to think those could come down was just, and to think people inside, you know, over 3,000, 3,400 people lost their lives. Just waking up that morning, brushing their teeth, and punching the clock and going to do a job I thought was, like, disgusting. So that's – I mean, that was the toughest thing for me to kind of – and then to be in Atlanta, and I guess you just numb yourself to it, right? You numb yourself, you put your head down, and and, and you say, all right, I got a job to do, and then they'll tell us when we get back on the field and how it's going to go. But 
Well, well, let me follow up on that with you. Let let me ask about that because here's where, like the next several days, just forget whatever job you did, Mark. It was weird, right? You could be the baseball player, the sanitation worker, the radio host. We were all in this state of like, when should we approach trying to do something that looked, quote, normal, right? When we knew there was devastation on our shore, you had this with late night uh, TV hosts. Should we get back to trying to make people laugh? Yeah, when should exactly. I, you know when should athletes hit the field again when should we when is it okay to like laugh enjoy ourselves again and like we went through days where I don't think any of us knew the right answer if there even was a right answer yeah and I don't I don't think even major league baseball knew what the right answer was I, I guess when when New York kind of felt like they could handle it that's the impression I got in doing this documentary documentary and kind of talking to guys like John Franco and Al Light or guys that were in the Mets organization, I mean, not only were they working out, but after their workouts, I mean, they had set up Shea Stadium as kind of this makeshift drop triage, area. Yeah. For, yep. yeah, triage for them. So he's like, we were there for hours on end just trying to, yeah, everything kind of goes out the window and you just want to be a good, you know, a good American and a good citizen. So I, I, I it's funny. I, I go back to those days when we actually arrived in New York, and I remember them on the bus being like, if anybody wants to go down to ground zero and kind of build morale and build support for the workers that are down there, the buses are going to go. And, it, and your initial reaction should always be to, I'm going, right? I'm going. But mm-hmm. in that in aspect, it was like, A, should we go? B, are we really building morale? Like, like everybody's devastated by this. Is it really going to make a difference if the Atlanta Braves pull up and kind of say hi to some guys on the bucket brigade at ground zero? But it did. It did. It, may, it did take your mind for a split second for me to see, like, some of those those workers down there to turn around and see a Chipper Jones or – you know, a guy they probably booed at Chase Stadium for years, but for them to see him in that moment or Smolty or whoever it was, I thought it did have a have an impact. Folks, let me ask you a question. When it comes to dealing with experts, don't you know they've got your best interest in mind? Think about somebody in the medical profession as opposed to you diagnosing yourself. You would never do that. When, when it comes to insurance, I would think, yeah, you can go shop your own rates, but don't you want the professionals to do it for you, the experts? Well, I'm talking about the Rhodes Group. My friend Clayton Rhodes and the great folks at the Rhodes Group, they did that for me, and you should know. You should be shopping your rates or having pros do it each and every year because the rates change so much when I'm talking about home or car insurance. You could be saving a bundle if you have professionals like the Rhodes Group shopping for you. They did just that, and they saved me a couple of thousand dollars a year with home and car insurance combined. You can be the next to save a bunch of money with the Rhodes Group. I want you to go to their website. It's Rhodes-Group.com. It's spelled R-H-O-A-D-S-Group.com. Or follow me on Real Matt Land on Twitter. You'll see the link. You can click over and have them give you 10 quotes in 10 minutes at the Rhodes Group. Locally owned, a great bunch of folks who are professionals when it comes to finding you the best rates. Go to Rhodes-Group.com. Have them shop your rates They'll give you 10 quotes in 10 minutes at the Rhodes Group. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. 
like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Well, and I want to sort of follow up on that, right? So the, the dates always mess with people. Like, everybody thinks, well, the, the Braves and the Mets were the first games back on the Major League Baseball schedule. No, well, not back in New York anyway. The Braves went to Philadelphia on yep. September the 17th. So before we get into the Philly part of it, you guys get back on the field eight days later after not playing since that Sunday. And as you pointed out, I think said it perfectly, just sort of this numb feeling. So, like, how did it feel for you to try to get back to whatever normal was for you, traveling, hotel, baseball? Like, what did it feel like? I've always been kind of a, a good soldier, for lack of a better term, and I just felt like this is our job. This is what we're supposed to do. This is how it's going to be. This is what we're being expected. You know, we're being expected per- to perform. I'm going to follow the lead of the veterans that are in this clubhouse. That was the other thing. I was blessed being in a clubhouse with just pros, pros up and down. So it was like there wasn't too many young guys that came into into the Braves locker room at any given year, maybe one or two they'd kind of filter in. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of followed whatever Glav and Chipper and Smolty and Doggy felt was the right thing to do. So you guys go from Philly to New York. T- tell me about traveling in there. Like, do you know what to expect or have an idea or trying to comprehend, you know, what's the city well, yeah, going to look like? coming down – Coming down, Matt, from Philly, you got you know you get on the uh, New Jersey Turnpike, and you can see outside the right side of the bus as you're headed into the city, uh, you can see Ground Zero, and you could see it smoldering, and you mm. could see you know still the smoke there. And it was funny the the bus rides. You try and make them as normal as possible. Guys are on the mic, we're having fun, everybody's having a few laughs, and then as we approach kind of New York, it just got silent. Everybody just reflects. And feels te- you know feels terrible for what what had transpired, and, and we I think we pull into the Grand Hyatt, and not too long after that, if guys wanted to go down to Ground Zero, they were going to take buses down there, or next morning to kind of talk to some of the people that were working there, hand out water, just kind of show support. And again, well, an an odd feeling, uh, not knowing how to act in that in that moment. I, I know in a normal time, like the, the beauty of, of traveling to New York or L.A. or Boston, I mean, these are great cities, whether it's just walking the city during the day or great meals at night. And I'm sure in a normal road trip to New York, that stuff happened for you. Did you get out and walk the city at all? Did you like what did you see from just? the? I, yeah, I went home. I went home and stayed at home. I, I, I didn't normally do that. When I came back, I, I normally treat it like a business trip. I mean, obviously, my parents would come into every game, and I'd go to dinner with them. But I, I, I actually went home and spent time, slept in my old bed, and 
spent time with my mom and dad. I felt like that, you know, the conversations needed to be had and needed to be in my old living room and watching the news with them. And yeah, that shook. It shook. I mean, no one felt like. I remember that game, the, the first game back. We, as the bus approached Shea, you felt as safe as you could feel, but you didn't know. Right. And I think that was it. No one knew. It's like we're going to put 50,000 people in here with all the work. Oh, are we Are we good? It, I mean, there's snipers on every stanchion, and there's bomb-sniffing dogs in the locker rooms and stuff you'd never seen in your life before. Uh, you felt like it, it couldn't have been more locked down, but at the same time, 10 days before, you just saw the Twin Towers come to the ground. So it was like, whoa, this is this is a pretty – kind of heavy moment to be to be in the middle of so I, I kind of just tried to stay out of the way I wasn't a guy that you know I kind of just took it all in as a, as a utility guy from the area wasn't being asked to do much on that team I kind of just laid in the weeds and and, and just tried to observe and, and and take take everything in so I didn't know this and maybe you did or didn't but Mark I heard Bobby Valentine years later say he called Bobby Cox which is interesting because the two teams like there was no love loss. I mean there was a great rivalry of like chipper trolling Met fans, Met fans hating the Braves, sports hate, right? <laughs> it was just great back and forth. Bobby and Bobby Valentine, Bobby Cox weren't exactly bosom buddies, but Valentine says he calls Bobby. Says before the game we need to show everybody, you know, we stand united, America, the whole thing. So you guys did like a pregame thing on the field where you kind of embraced each other as the teams, correct? Yes. And I didn't know that was taking place. I just remember being out on the line and you saw Bobby and, and, and Bobby walk towards each other. And then there, there was this like organic meeting uh, of the two teams. And it was, it was chippy. I remember coming up in the 99, 2000, 2001, the Braves didn't like us, and we kind of loved taking them apart. Three out of four, three out of four, three out of four. That's how, that, the, the Braves, I could tell the veterans got a kick out of, out of you know, winning series against the Mets, and it, was, <laughs> it bothered the New York Mets. Um, but in that moment, I mean, it was like we all could have been on the same team. It was it was pretty it was a pretty unbelievable moment to be honest with you. What? See all, and it was it was genuine. There was even that game. That game was the most genuine game I had ever played in because it, it wasn't about the W. It wasn't about wins or losses or who was going to be the here. Uh, you know who was going to get two hits and who wasn't. It was just like we're we're entertaining and trying to give these. 40,000 people in this stadium, probably widows and people that had lost loved ones 10 days ago and people watching at home trying to just give them three hours of something else. A distraction. Something else. Something yeah. may, maybe they crack a smile. Maybe. And it was typical Braves game. Until the eighth inning, right? It was like, oh, my God. And even in the dugout, Matt, I remember sitting there going, we can't win. <laughs> we can't win this game two to one and get on the bus and go back to the Grand Hyatt. That would be so, like, not the thing to do. Well, the storybook ending, which I want to talk to you about in a minute, but, like, 
during games, I've heard players that yeah, during innings, mid innings, you'll peek out at a crowd or you'll you know do that type of thing. But mostly, you're you know you're about the game. Did you find yourself as you as you alluded to earlier, like you weren't asked to do a ton? Are you looking around the crowd? Do you notice a hush? Do you notice any different kind of feel in the stands? The pregame was so kind of electric. You didn't know whether like there was like a celebration, but it it was a sad celebration. I remember Liza Minnelli singing New York, New York. I remember Mark Anthony singing the national anthem, if I'm not mistaken. I remember Diana Ross coming out at some point. So I remember it being big. I just remember making eye contact with my family in the family section. Um, There wasn't a dry eye in that house. I don't, I have a lot of the players as well. That was a, it was a, that was a tough emotional pregame. And I thought the Mets handled it amazing, amazingly the way they were able to kind of roll out all the different servicemen and women and unroll the American flag and the, the salutes and everything that went with it. I thought it was, you know, unbelievable. As you mentioned, though, it's a one-one game. It's like. Braves baseball played a close game, and then <laughs> Brian Jordan hits a double in the eighth. It's 2-1, which led to the moment now everybody has seen uh, hundreds of times, the Mike Piazza home run off Carse. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I have heard your teammates on that team, Chipper, Glavin, a few other guys were like, I never, ever accepted a loss and wanted to lose. But they said when that ball left the yard, they kind of went, yeah, in this moment, maybe I could digest this one a little differently. <laughs> I said – since I was about nine years old, I don't think I played in like a Nerf football game in, in, on my block that I want that I wanted to lose. <laughs> um, but that was the one game, man. We had we we had to lose. We had to lose for everybody, and I liked the way it happened. We didn't lose the game. Then you know their star won it for them. Uh, it's funny. I interviewed uh, Steve Carsey again. I keep going back to this doc we just did on it, and uh, everybody has a different way, right? I, I, the game was inconsequential to me. I got to pinch run, but it was more about just being there and being a part of the healing process. Uh, Jason Marquis, who started the game from Staten Island, he felt like he was put on this earth in that moment to start that game. It was Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz all the time, but how how just karma, a kid from Staten Island, it falls on his day to make that start. Steve Carsey was, he was like, Mark, once the game started, I was trying to strike everybody out. I had forgotten about what had happened 10 days ago. And it's funny, he almost, he gets ejected after that half. I remember that, yeah. Which I was like, Steve. He's like, I know. I saw red. I didn't. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so he was chapped. He told me when when he gave up that home run, like as Piazza was going around. I think our entire dugout was cheering for him. And Carsey was the only one in the building. Who was like, man, those are my runs. So fun, funny how everybody kind of internalizes it. I've I've heard Met fans tell the story and then those are in the building they're like that home run by piazza like they equated what the feeling must be like to win a championship the way the building went nuts and as you said like in that moment it was just this like okay that's supposed to happen storybook write the movie script that nobody would believe at the end like for that moment that's about as perfect a baseball ending as you're going to get considering the circumstances yeah i remember it's it's funny matt i coming up 
I kind of got to see a couple, uh, you know, two generations of kind of the way the game's played. Coming up 98, 99 with the Braves, even in that moment, until Bobby, until I left the Braves, when we lost a ball game, that bus ride back to the hotel on the road was dead silent. No one talked until we got back. You were supposed to honor the loss, honor the guy that gave up four or five runs, honor the guy who made an error. Like he wasn't anybody, any jaw jacking, nobody on their phone, no one talking to their wives yet. It was quiet for that 30-minute ride. I remember getting on that bus and almost everybody looking in everyone's eyes as you're walking back to the back of the bus or wherever you're sitting. And it was almost like this state of relief. Like, all right, we got that game over. The right outcome happened. Their stars sent all their fans home with a smile. Now we regroup and, and we go to work. Now, it really was kind of how I felt that, that, that whole day went. Folks, let me ask you a question. When it comes to dealing with experts, don't you know they've got your best interest in mind? Think about somebody in the medical profession as opposed to you diagnosing yourself. You would never do that. When, when it comes to insurance, I would think, yeah, you can go shop your own rates, but don't you want the professionals to do it for you, the experts? Well, I'm talking about the Rhodes Group. My friend Clayton Rhodes and the great folks at the Rhodes Group, they did that for me, and you should know. You should be shopping your rates or having pros do it each and every year because the rates change so much when I'm talking about home or car insurance. You could be saving a bundle if you have professionals like the Rhodes Group shopping for you. They did just that, and they saved me a couple of thousand dollars a year with home and car insurance combined. You can be the next to save a bunch of money with the Rhodes Group. I want you to go to their website. It's Rhodes-Group.com. It's spelled R-H-O-A-D-S-Group.com. Or follow me on Real Matt Land on Twitter. You'll see the link. You can click over and have them give you 10 quotes in 10 minutes at the Rhodes Group. Locally owned, a great bunch of folks who are professionals when it comes to finding you the best rates. Go to Rhodes-Group.com. Have them shop your rates They'll give you 10 quotes in 10 minutes at the Rhodes Group. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions and the marketing madmen have answers. Search the marketing madmen on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the marketing madmen every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Crazy. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, the whole thing is just, you know, um, for you, right? And a lot of, you mentioned Marquis, like to be there, that stadium, that city, the first game, first major event back, 50,000 people in a building, like all of it. It's just, it's also. Steve Carsey through the pitch. Right. He grew up in Queens. Just all of it's like so genuine and just like so, for what it was, right? Like you said, you were hoping to be that three hours of like distraction before you got back to driving off that, you know, in that bus and seeing still the smoldering happening at ground zero and, and with the towers. 
Did you notice anything else while you were there? Like, you stayed with the family, so maybe it wasn't the same, but just the city, like, after that night, nothing was going to be the same, but, like, they were looking for those little moments of distraction even over the next few days. Yankees would follow that year with the great playoff run, too. Yeah, I don't – yeah, I don't, and it was funny. I was like, this is karma, man. 2001 Yankees are going to find a way to win this World Series against Schilling and, 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 uh, and the unit, who, God, I didn't think anybody was going to beat them and ended up not being the case. Diamondbacks win the World Series. But you know what I remember? I remember later, not too long after that, the Mets kind of really being on our tail – and we had a home game in Turner Field, and Brian Jordan took John Branco for a walk-off, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was a Grand Slam walk-off. Was it a Grand Slam? I think slam? it was a Saturday it was afternoon. One of the best in clubhouse after a game celebrations that I was ever a part of. Just like to knock them out in that moment, Brian Jordan. I don't know. It was just a like. We kind of felt. I, I felt like, all right, we're back to normal. We're going to postseason. We're going to try and win this whole thing. Yeah, that was. It was a Saturday afternoon. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Uh, when again, so bas- like a little fork ball against John Franco, <laughs> I think. Brian Jordan, center bomb. I remember John Burkett just throwing Coors Lights in the air, <laughs> like "Let's go." <laughs> I love it. Listen, I lied to you about one thing. We're not going to talk baseball because now it seems a little inconsequential. We'll do that. Next time is the uh, postseason nears, and I know. Hey, mention the documentary. Where can people see the doc that you were uh, referencing? Yeah, it's called Remembering the Game for New York. It airs on uh, MLB Network Thursday. That's tomorrow at uh, at 10 p.m. So, um, well, when this is hit, yeah, it'll probably re-air again, so people can kind of check that out. Uh, we'll look forward to it, Mark. I always love catching up with you. Next time again, less important things like baseball, but I think you painted a beautiful picture, and uh, can't thank you enough for the time, my friend. All right, Matt, loved it. Yes, we're brought to you by the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. It's kind of my go-to. I'm a little bit lucky. I live in Woodstock, so I'm right around the corner to downtown Woodstock on Main Street to see the Daily Draft, which I've told you many times, it's the ultimate sports bar experience, not your father's sports bar. You're talking wall-to-wall flat screens, self-serve taps, craft bar, chef-inspired menu. And with sizzling plays ahead, if you're planning on tailgating both this summer or this fall, maybe you're going to MBS or Athens or on the flats, or you're hosting a game night at your home, check out the Daily Draft's newest menu edition, the Tailgate Box. Yes, you can enjoy their wings, boneless wings, a couple of sides, a bag of popcorn, and of course, their homemade jumbo cookies. Now, these are pre-order only. You can go to the uh, thedailydraft.net or give them a call at the Daily Draft to get the pre-orders in. If you're also looking for a new place to grab lunch during the week, or even order on Uber Eats, check out the Daily Draft. They have a great lunch lineup for only 11 bucks Monday through Friday from 11.30 till 3.30. Again, go to thedailydraft.net or you can check them out on Facebook or Instagram. The Daily Draft, a unique experience from the moment you walk through the door, a walk-up window to order drinks from the sidewalk, craft beer bar, pool tables, darts, wall-to-wall flat screens. You won't miss a single second of the game. Go check them out today at The Daily Draft. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. 
Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Guys, thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it very much. Thanks to Brian Murphy for producing the podcast, and thanks to you guys for making us your weekly destination. We'll talk to you next week on Welcome to Madland. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play, and we ride on them things like every day. Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming, and parties don't stop till 8 in the morning. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play, and we ride on them things like every day. Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming, uh-huh. and parties don't stop yeah. till 8 Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com.